Good morning. My name's Rhonda and I'm going to be bringing you the Bible reading this morning, which comes from 1 Peter chapter 4, and I'll be reading verses 7 through to 11. 1 Peter chapter 4, starting at verse 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Thank you so much, Rhonda. Good morning, everybody. Lovely to be with you this morning. Uh, why don't we pray before we begin? Lord God, I just thank you for your church that is gathered here today. I thank you for this opportunity to look at your word. And I pray, God, that as we look at this passage today, that you would speak to each one of us. I pray, God, that your spirit would speak through me in the name of Jesus. Amen. I don't know about any of you, but uh, when I get that phone call about 10 minutes uh, before somebody wants to do the pop-in, our house goes from relative chaos into extreme chaos, and then we, uh, we are ready for our visitors. Does anybody get that little sense of panic when they get that phone call? It just goes, oh, great, friends. We love friends, we love the pop-in, and we try and keep our house within 10 minutes of decency. And so we all race around with intent and with uh, great purpose as we clean up our house and as we prepare. 1 Peter 4, uh, 7 starts off with, oh, the end of all things is near, therefore be alert, be alert. The end of all things, the last days. I like to uh, think of the last days, and scholars would agree with me, that the last days is essentially that time in between, that time after God has created the world. He has uh, created all the animals, created all the people. We have then multiplied and filled the earth. We have then had many encounters with him where we have journeyed with him and away from him. And then there was Jesus. And the last days, the end of all things, is really referring to that time in between. That time in between Jesus coming the first time and that time when Jesus is coming the second time. And sometimes we can be a little bit distracted 
by that idea of Jesus coming again. But actually, the Bible will say to us, don't be distracted by that. That is not the point of all of this. We are not to anticipate. We're not to be predicting. I'm sure everybody agrees with me, but that we see signs all around us that we are indeed getting close to Jesus' second coming. There is no doubt about that. However, that is not what our focus is to be. It says that we are to be alert. Do not be distracted, but understand there is urgency in this. There is so much urgency. And just like we would be focused and have a sense of urgency in the coming of a friend to our house, in a much grander way, we're going to have urgency and understand that we need to be intentional. We need to be focused when it comes to living in these last days. There is a great urgency, and as a church, we are called to it. At the end of all things, be alert. Understand what is going on around us. Be alert. What is happening around us in the world today? Are we noticing all those things that are important? Are we fully anticipating and understanding uh, what is happening? Or are we, some, in some spaces, putting our head in the sand a little bit? I don't need to, in any way, do a sermon today that tells you that we are living in a fallen world. We literally just need to turn on the news to understand that we are living in a fallen world. We just need to walk out our door. We just need to go into our local supermarket. We don't need to go far. We can be in our homes and see clear, clear evidence that we are living in a fallen world. But I wanted today draw your attention in particular to what our young people are facing in the world. I want us to be alert to understand what they are going through. There was a Mission Australia report done. Uh, it surveyed thousands of young uh, people just a couple of years ago. And this is what the top personal concerns were for our young people. This is age between 12 and 23. The responses were that 43% were really concerned about the uh, coping with stress and 34 talked about coping with mental health. So stress of schoolwork, stress of living and then mental health being depression and anxiety. 33% were concerned about body image. 32% said that they were const uh, extremely concerned about school and study problems. And then when they were asked about what do they think are the biggest issues that we face, in their eyes, the biggest issues that society face is equity and discrimination. And they were specifically talking there about discrimination uh, among ethnicities and particularly Indigenous people, 
and they were also very concerned about discrimination and inequality for gender-related issues. So 40% of our young people think that we as a society should be focused on those things. They think that mental health is definitely a big issue. They see it among their friends, that this is a problem. And 29% thought that our main focus should be on the environment. It's really interesting that you, when you look at the two different timings of the report, because in between 2019 uh, and this report in 2021 it was, so two years later, they do it every second year. It had changed from uh, an increase of those concerned about equity and discrimination had increased from 24% to 40%. So in just a couple of years, they believed that this issue of discrimination based on gender was a nearly double <laughs> of importance to them. That's important for us to know. Very uh, sadly in society now, our children are facing issues with pornography. The average age of a child's first experience with pornography is before the age of 11. 51% of 11 to 13 year olds have been exposed to porn. 66% of 14 to 15 year olds have been exposed and nearly 80% of our 16 to uh, 17 year olds have been exposed. And I don't need to explain to you today just the huge impact that that will be having on our children. And we also can't bury our head in the sand and think that our children in this church are not affected because I can tell you they are. This is a serious, serious issue for us as we are being alert to the issues that our children face. But this is the issue that I want to talk about today. There is an urgency here, church. Right now, 65% in the next five years, 65% of our children when they reach young adult age, will decide to leave the church. Some of them are already deciding to do that. And the current generation, it is projected that 85% of them will leave. That is absolutely mortifying. That is awful. That means that if I had 10 children up on this stage, eight of them, will decide that Jesus is not for them and that they will not want to follow him. The next part of the verse, go, the, the Bible passage goes, and be of sober mind. The same word is used uh, to qualify elders. It talks about being prudent. Be prudent in your actions and in your response. Sober-mindedness is being focused on the needs at hand. It is being very uh, specific and not distracted, being super intentional, uh, 
And I would say it is all about understanding our place in the redemptive history of Jesus. What is our place? What are we going to bring? The first thing that he says is, he says, so pray, pray. Prayer is the central foundation of our response because we can do none of this without the strength of our Lord. We need to be standing with him. God is our strength and we need to be dependent on him. We cannot do this in our own strength. And that idea of being an associate pastor here that, over, that has oversight over our generation's ministry, I could not do that without the strength of the Lord. As a parent, I could not do that without the strength of the Lord and without praying and being completely intentional about lifting up our young people and all of these issues before the Lord. Prayer has to be our response. We need to pray for our children. We need to pray with our children. And we need to equip them to know that no matter what they are going through in life, they can turn to the Lord in prayer. It goes on to say that above all, love each other deeply. Loving each other deeply in this passage, the term here for love is talking about the agape love. Not, it's not a sentimental type of love. It's a love that is very much others-oriented. It is a love that you give even when you know that love may not be returned. And in the context of our young people, that actually is a very relevant. Sometimes we don't know what we're going to get back when we give to our young people, but that is not the point. That is not the point. We are not to pursue relationships and friendships and love on our young people uh, for our own sake. It is definitely for the sake of our young people. The term love here is a deep love. It's actually the same kind of word that they use to uh, describe athletes who actually have to push themselves uh, uh, to extreme in order to stretch uh, their ability. This deep love is to love each other earnestly, stretching ourselves beyond our normal limits. This is what the Bible is telling us to do in this passage, my friends. It is saying, be alert, be intentional and stretch. Keep stretching to our maximum effort. And I want to challenge us today. What are we doing today? Are we just putting in the bare minimum? Because actually, in this generation, they're going to need a lot more. So there is a great stretch. The need in this generation is great. They have a huge need to be connected, to, be, uh, to have that sense of belonging and to, to just be accepted, as we all do. But when you see all of the things that our young people are facing... That need is so much higher because we need to be countering what the world is telling them. We need to be proactive in what we do and how we love 
this next generation. It goes on to talk about hospitality. It says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Uh, back in uh, when Peter was writing this, it was a common situation for people to be homeless because they were believers. They were kicked out of their house or they were on mission trips or there were just needs of people as they were coming through. There was a need for the church to go, come and stay with me. The practice of the day was if you were travelling, you would stay in an inn or something similar. But this wasn't suitable for the believers because those places were uh, rife with sexual activities that were uh, just obviously um, not good for the early church. They weren't places that they could stay and so there was need of hospitality. So because there was a lack of accommodation, uh, there was missional um, advancement and fleeing persecution, he has said, we need you to open your homes. We need you to welcome your people. And this has not changed. There is a need of hospitality for our young people. We need to open our homes. Our homes should be safe places. Families can be embracing the friends of their children. They can be places where a family can be, a, a, a home can be the mission field for our young people. Homes are places of welcome and love. And so is our church. Our church is a place of welcome and love. This is our church family. We are in the house of God. Opening our lives, our hearts and our homes to the love of God. To loving um, our young people. So it goes on to say, Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. It is really countercultural for us to think of others and to be serving others in this way, encouraging each other, um, putting energy into things that aren't for our own uh, purposes, putting energy into spaces that isn't leisure on our weekends. But as a church, my friends, we are called to prioritise each other. We are called to do this. We are called to encourage. And I want to encourage you today that you have been given the most amazing gifts in this room here today. We have every gift that is necessary. It is sitting here in the pews. The problem is it continues to just sit in the pew for a lot of us. We actually need to stand up and start using our gifts and pursue our gifts and build our gifts and invest where we are placed. Every single follower of Jesus is called to muck in. Now, I just want to tell you some realities about our ministries because I've been here now for a few months. Can I tell you that we have the most amazing young people down there in Kids Club this morning serving Jesus and investing in our next generation. 
we have the most incredible blessing by these young young adults and teenagers there have been people in that group who have looked up and said hang on these kids are in trouble I need to start a D team I need to get going with that. I need to fill that gap. They're close to them and they see their needs. On a Friday night, we have the most amazing young people coming alongside, serving that team. Can I tell you that there are only two parents that actually are investing in our youth ministry at the moment. Everybody else is under the age of 27 most of them under the age of 23. We are relying on our young adults to be raising up our teenagers and our children in this church, and it's actually not very healthy. The people that we have doing it are absolutely amazing. On a Monday night, Ben is leading our boys' brigade. He is desperate for some men to stand up and stand alongside him and lead his amazing group of boys who come every Monday night. Beck has an amazing team. She would love to have some people join her in the girls' brigade. But what we are doing as a church people is we have thought, this has worked for us in the past, let us have our young people do it, but it's not enough. It's actually not enough anymore. We are going to be in trouble if we rely on our young adults to carry these ministries because that is not the design of God. God has called all of us as a church to do that. We have some fabulous people serving in these ministries. They're absolutely amazing. But they need all of us. We need to be in in it together. It goes on to say that I will do it with the strength that God provides. We don't need to do it in our own strength. We just need to say the yes and see where he will lead us. God will provide everything that we need in order to serve him. He will provide opportunities. He will provide pathways. He will grow your gifts. You will be ridiculously blessed by investing into our next generation. So I just want to ask you today, what is holding you back? Is it time? Are you doing something with your time that is more important than this? Is it confidence? Do you want training? Do you not feel like you can relate to that next generation? Because I tell you what, when I talk to our young people, Do you know what they are craving? Every single one of them is craving interaction with the older generation. They want you. If you are 80, they want you. If you are 90, they want you. The age is not a barrier. We need to be in this together. And I think it is one of the biggest lies of Satan today to tell us that we are no longer relevant in the lives of our young people. Because we are, we have lived full, amazing lives and we have the wisdom and discernment to be able to pass that on and and all of our stories, all of the stories of his faithfulness to the next generation. Is it understanding what your purpose and calling is? I, I encourage you to pray about that. 
Have a look at where God has used you in the past and pursue it. Is it complacency? Is it this feeling that actually we're pretty good? Look at all those guys. They're holding it. They're carrying it. They won't be able to for much longer and we have a lot here at risk unless we stand up. Is it understanding the needs? I can tell you we have a lot of needs and right now we're good. When I came in, I'm like, you know what, this is amazing. I'm coming into a church where none of these ministries are broken. That's awesome. Nothing is in terrible disarray. Everybody is holding it. But we need to do way, way more than that. Ephesians 4, 11 to 16 talks about how God gave the gave apostles and he gave prophets and he gave evangelists and shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith and the uh, and of the knowledge of the son of God to mature manhood he has given us all of these people all of these people are in our room right now and he has given them given us as the church, all of you, to invest so that our young people can mature to manhood and womanhood, to the measures of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Is that not what we want for our young people? So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Because that is what is happening to our young people. They are carried away by everything that the world is distracting them with. They are being tossed to and fro by the cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. And we need to stand strong today, friends. We need to stand with them. Rather, this is what we do. Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, all of us, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it can build itself in love. One Peter says that we do all of this so that our Lord Jesus Christ might be praised. So that our young people would know Jesus, that they would have confidence in him, so that God would be glorified. God's glory certainly shines through us, his church. We are holding that mantle for the next generation. It is God's glory. I just am so grieved when I see complacency because there is an urgency. We are told to be alert. There is an urgency for our young people right now. And I am asking you this morning that you would stand with me. I am going to fight for this next generation. I am going to fight for every single heart of every single person that we have coming into our church who seeks after Jesus. 
And I am asking you today that you would stand and you would fight for their hearts with me. I do not want any child that comes into our ministries here at SDBC to ever be thinking about whether their identity is in their sexuality. I want them to know that they have been fearfully and wonderfully made by our Lord God. I do not want any of our children in here to know that they need to sit in fear and anxiety because God has not given us a heart of fear and timidity. He has given us uh, all of his power, all of his love, and a heart for self-control. I want them to be confident in that. I want them to know that as a church, we also care about the environment because God created the environment and he calls us to care for the environment. I want to frame all of those conversations. And I want our children to know, as I told them on Friday night when I was talking to them about the value of marriage, that marriage is the most important relationship and to save themselves for marriage and to protect their hearts. And next year, I'm going to be coming along and we are going to be talking to that next generation about what is a good image and what is not and what is harmful to them. But we all need to do it together. Our young people cannot do this alone. We need people, we need some people to put their hand up and say, you know what, on a Friday night, nothing is more important to me than coming along to Friday night youth and to sitting with some young people and praying with them about the things that are going on in their life. There is nothing more important than me to me on a Monday night than coming along to Girls and Boys Brigade, standing beside these young people that are just weighed down in these ministries. I'm going to come along and I'm going to support and encourage that team and I'm going to invest in those boys that come from the community, those girls that come from the community, that come from our churches around this place and I'm going to stand with them because that is what we need. If you are a parent here of teenage children, can you invest on a, fri- on, a, on a Sunday morning? Because we need people down in our Sunday morning ministries. Can you come along to the 8.30 service and invest in the 10.30 service? We have 20 children coming to our 10.30 services and we have one parent down there in the kids program and everybody else is under the age of 20. We need you guys to go, you know what? There is no more important thing I could do with that hour after I leave church than going down and investing in that next generation. Because this is what I would love. I would love in five years' time to stand here and say, you know what? We didn't lose any, anyone. Not one single child has been lost from our church. That is what we are praying for and that takes intentionality. So this is what I'd like to ask you today. I would like if you want to join me in praying for our next generation, if you want to join me in loving on them, giving them hospitality, serving them with your gifts, could you stand with me this morning so that we can pray together? 
for our next generation. If you want to do that today, please stand with me right now. Oh, Lord God, I just thank you so much for this church. Lord, we thank you for every single young person that you have brought into this place, and we know the true value of them. And our heart breaks for all of those things that they need to face in their everyday life. Our heart breaks, God, as we look at those statistics of what they are facing and trying to navigate through. And Lord, we say, Lord, thank you that you have given us all of the gifts, all of the love, all of the things that we need to be able to stand in the gap and to be able to point to you, God. Lord, I just thank you for your faithful people here, your faithful people who want to stand and go, yes, choose me. Let me go into battle and fight for the hearts of the next generation. Let me stand with these kids and point to you. Lord, I pray for an abundant blessing over those leaders that have been leading our next generation. I thank you for every single one of them. I thank you for the parents who have gone, you know what, I'm not going to rest. I'm going to put myself in there. I thank you, God, for the young people who have seen the needs and they've put themselves forward. And I pray, God, that the next generation that are down there at the moment as apprentices, I pray, God, that you would abundantly bless them as they pursue ministering to the next generation. Lord, above all, I just pray that when we are standing here in the years to come, we would see how amazing the investment that we are making in your name for your glory, that we would see that. And so, God, I give you thanks. I give you thanks for everybody here today, I give you thanks for every single child that we are going into battle for. And I pray, God, that as we go out into our week now, that you would just be uh, guiding us, pointing us to the ways in which we can put this into action in this coming week. Lord, I just thank you for the people who stand here who stand in agreement with your word and who stand in agreement with your calling on their lives. And I pray, God, that as we make this impact, that you would truly bless us. Bless us this week with peace. May every household uh, represented here be flowing in your peace and flourishing in this coming week. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. Uh, please take a seat. Uh, if you would like prayer this morning, uh, please make uh, yourselves, um, we have prayer team up here making themselves available to pray with you and to stand with you. And um, of course, uh, as you're signing up for all of the things for the carols, um, also enjoy a lovely morning tea and uh, some extra fellowship together. Bless you. Have a wonderful week.